Hi guys, welcome to Emerge Church. Welcome to our online gathering. It's great to have you here with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this is your first time or you've been with us many times, just wanna say thank you. Today, we're going to spend about 35 minutes together with a time of worship and we're gonna go through a message. So just let us know that you're here today. If you wouldn't mind taking some time to fill out a connection card, send us a direct message, type hello, hi, or a thumbs up, ask for prayer. We would love to get to know you. You can also get to know more about us by clicking on the links that you see, follow us on social media, etc. There's many ways. And if you haven't done so already, go out there and download the sermon notes. You can text the word gathering to 66599 for the link. And don't forget about our kids programming and our junior and senior high youth programming every Sunday evening. So guys, we're going to kick off today. I'm sitting here in Fisher's Riverside Park. And I'm actually sitting in a dugout right now. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful day. And um, I love this setting. It's a park I've never seen before. Uh, knew it was back here, but I've never been back to it. And there's some great walking trails uh, for you and your family if you want to take them out. Uh, it's really quiet. Not many people. Just that one runner that just went over my shoulder. <laughs> anyway, good to see you guys. Thanks for being with us. Love you so much. Enjoy this time of worship and let me pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to come here and worship you today. Thank you for your love and your joy and your peace. Father, may you break down some things in our hearts and uh, just remove some distractions. Help us to see you in a new way today. Help us to come closer to you. And so, Father, as we're going into this time of worship, God, may we just uh, lift up your name. May we praise you. May we worship you. And Father, later on, as we open up your word, God, may you speak something to our hearts, our minds and our souls, and let us take our next steps to come closer to you uh, and just to love you more and to be better followers and disciples of yours. So Father, we're going to praise you and thank you uh, for now and throughout the rest of the time together and throughout this week. So just be with us. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Emerge. We're so glad you're with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. This week, we're continuing our series on discipleship. And, you know, when I think of discipleship, I think of um, just going out and changing lives with, you know, Jesus and showing people God's love and just seeing that effect on their lives. Um, and something God's been dealing with me on past couple of weeks are reminding me of, he has to remind me of this pretty often, and I feel like maybe I'm not alone in that, is that, you know, sometimes I can do my best and I can follow him and I can be obedient and um, maybe I still don't see the fruits of, of what I'm doing. And so I feel like I'm failing and like, Lord, you know, what, what else can I do? What else can I do? Um, and God's reminded me lately that the responsibility of changing lives doesn't rest on me. My job is to follow him and to be obedient um, and to lead people to the answer, which is Jesus. Like, I am not the answer. You know, that, that doesn't rest on me. My, my job is to follow him wherever he leads and to be obedient and to trust him and to trust that he's working through me no matter what I'm seeing around me he's working if I am being obedient to him and so just you know 
part of being a disciple is just to follow him and just to go wherever he leads, no matter if we understand it or not. I get so wrapped up in, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. No, I don't understand. This isn't working. I, I can't see this. So something must be wrong. And, <clears throat> you know, the truth is that it's just my job to follow. I, I just follow. And that's what he asked of me. And that's what he asked of his disciples. It's just to follow him wherever he takes you, regardless of whether you understand it or not. And so he brought me this song this week and I wasn't even planning on doing it for worship, but he just, just kept putting it in front of my face. And I've been singing it all week. Just, you know, that there's freedom in the name of Jesus. You know, there's healing in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. The salvation is in Jesus. It's not in Lori. It's not in, in what you do. It's not in trying to be better or to do better, but it's in following him and letting him do the rest and trusting that he is doing the rest. And just the power is in his name, you know. Um, so we're just going to sing about that this morning. And I pray that he would reveal that to your hearts too, if you're struggling like I have been lately, just that your job is to follow and that he's pleased with you and that um, nothing more, nothing less, just to follow. So let's just sing about that this morning and thank him that he doesn't ask anything else of us, but just to follow and trust. Jesus powerful 
we just pray to see that this morning. God, we pray to know that we're never the answer, Lord. You're always the answer, God. Our job is to point people to you. And we just pray, God, to do that with our best of our abilities. We just pray you would be with us this morning. Be with Pastor Kurt as he brings the message. And we just pray to go forth, Lord, in you and your power and your might, Jesus. And just to touch people's hearts with your love. We just love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you guys enjoyed that time of worship like I did. Last week we covered the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount, where we were talking about discipleship. Now today, we're going to look into Luke and see what Jesus says about the cost of discipleship and how we can see or have three different types of reactions to Jesus calling us into discipleship. So when I started thinking about this topic and reading the scripture, it just made me think about the true costs. You may have heard of true costs or actual costs or opportunity costs, maybe while you were in school or maybe in your workplace now. You may be an accountant and actually look at the total costs, maybe inventory costs, etc. But while thinking of this and just talking about costs, you may have heard something uh, that's given to you or had something that's given to you that's free. Well, there's not many things in life that are free. There's a cost that's associated with that. And it's a cost that you aren't seeing. It's a cost that's fixed, it's a cost of time, cost of additional resources. Like probably you've heard from someone you work with or maybe even one of your parents. There's no thing as a free lunch. Ha! See, there's a cost to everything. Just a cost to everything. Even if you save money, by purchasing something on a deal, it's still costing you money. You've invested the time to go shopping. You've spent money to drive to the store, or maybe you've simply gone online, but you still have the cost of the internet, so there's still an opportunity cost. You know, retailers have a great way to convince you of other things, like look how much you saved. But again, that's a cost. You still had to spend money to save that much money. Uh, cracks me up. Well, you see, it's the same thing with following Jesus. There's a cost to being his disciple, but it also leads to a great reward for all of us. We aren't promised that it's going to be easy here on this world. And you've probably heard that misquote many times, uh, that they'll, it's all going to be nice and easy and rosy. But it's definitely not going to be easy as a disciple, let alone a follower of Christ. So being a disciple is hard, but so rewarding. Today, However, we will see many believers simply opting for the easy. They'll say, yes, I believe in Jesus, and not take it any further to be a disciple. So now let's not get completely caught up in the cost portion of discipleship, because everything has a cost or a price to be paid. That's true with our walk with Christ. In this reading, he just laid out three different types of followers, and then Further on in the reading, it lays out the cost for all of us to consider. So let's go into the scripture for today. We'll be reading here as Jesus is making his final preparations and heading to Jerusalem. So turning on into Luke chapter 9, it's basically the same story but a different angle from Luke taking a look at it and writing about it. And so some of this is going to um, be a repeat of what we just read, but we're going to go to Luke chapter 9 verse 57 is where I'm going to start. And so it says, as they're going along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. That's that, the teacher or the scribe that came up to him. 
And Jesus replied, Foxes have holes, and birds of air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And then in verse 59, he said to another man, that would be Jesus, follow me. But the man replied, first, let me go bury my father. Again, we saw both of those reflected back in Matthew. But I wanted to read Matthew because it, it explained and showed that there is a teacher or a scribe, one of his truer disciples and followers. Uh, verse 60, it says, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So he's called him to go out and preach the gospel. Verse 61, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. In verse 62, Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. So as you read this, you can see that there is urgency and a high level of importance that Jesus lays out for his disciples and for us. The message is that his message and his kingdom cannot wait. That there needs to be a total allegiance to Jesus and we should have decided and shouldn't have divided interests. He's calling us to look at the cost and then basically forget about the cost and follow him fully. It's interesting to see that the Gospels didn't record the interaction between Jesus and these disciples, these followers. They didn't lay out the dialogue to be a back and forth conversation that likely took place. Additionally, we don't see the outcome of these conversations. Do these people actually heed to Jesus' words? Or were they like Nicodemus, so close to saying yes, but couldn't take the next step to be a truly devoted disciple of Jesus? In Matthew 8, 19-22 and Luke 9, 57-62 that we just read, you can see how Jesus speaks about three different types of disciples. My brain needs to remember ways of these things, so I came up with three P's that describe these three types of disciples, dilemmas or thoughts. So these three types of disciples are, number one, the prompt disciple. That's the first one you have. It's the prompt disciple. Secondly, we have the postponing disciple. And thirdly and lastly, we have somewhat similar to the previous one, you have the pausing disciple. So let's take a look at these just in a little more in depth. So let's look at the prompt disciple. You can see that in verses 19 and 20 in Matthew. We read of the scribe and the teacher here in Matthew. From the historical records that we know of, there were very few scribes who attached themselves to Jesus. The scribe called Jesus teacher to show that he was his student or his disciple. So why are we calling him the prompt disciple? Well, he quickly acted and said yes. See, the preaching of Christ had just riveted and charmed him. His heart had swelled. His enthusiasm had been kindled. And in his state of mind, he said he will go anywhere with Jesus. And he felt compelled to tell him so. His action in doing so and saying that he would follow appears to be an impulsive and prompt decision. I'm sure you've done that before, right? You've gotten caught up in the excitement or emotion of a situation that you just said yes without thinking about it. Who's without thinking about those consequences? It's almost this unapologetic, youthful, excited, and driven way of saying yes. It's amazing, it's powerful, but it also could be rash if you have not fully thought out of the areas of cost and the next steps. Now in the next disciple you see is the postponing disciple. 
So the postponing disciple in verses 21 and 22 of Matthew, this disciple did not, like the former, volunteer his services, but Jesus called him to follow and to preach for him. The guy is quite willing, only he is just not ready to do it just yet. Lord, I will, but... I'm sure you've been there too. Yes, Lord, I will, but I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Oh, and don't forget subsequent steps under each of the X, Y, and Z. We can all get this way. Yes, I would like to follow you, but the cost is going to be too high right now. God, can you just wait in the wings and I'll come back to you later? And looking at this scripture, it just makes you think that his father was actually dead, a lying corpse, having only to be buried. Well, that's just impossible, really. Why is it impossible? Well, you can see it mentioned in Luke chapter 7, verse 12, that it was a practice to bury on the day of death. And it's not very likely that this disciple would have been here at all if his father had just breathed his last breath. Nor would Jesus, um, if he was there with him, have hindered him and he would have just discharged him. He would have sent him off to do his last duties of a son to a father. This guy is likely saying, maybe even thinking, this aged father of mine will soon be removed from this earth. And if I might just delay till I can see him buried, I should then be free to go preach the kingdom of God wherever the duty might call me to go. This will explain the short reply from Jesus. He says, let the dead bury their dead, but go and preach the kingdom of God. All right, the next example is recorded only by Luke, and it's what I'm calling the pausing disciple. In verse 61, it says, Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And then Jesus replied to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. We can hardly discern the difference between this and the second case, but we can see the one man was called and the other one volunteered. These latter two have a difficulty in, in their way just at the moment, but by the help of what is said respectfully to each, we can perceive the great difference between these two cases. From the warning given against looking back, it's evident that this man's discipleship was not yet thorough, and he was not quite ready for separation from the world. It is not a case of going back, but of looking back. You know, it reminds me of the story of Lot's wife, who was told not to look back as they exited the city, but she did, and she turned into that pillar of salt. We can see that it's not an actual return to the world that we have here to deal with, but a reluctance to break away from it. The figure of putting one's hand to the plow and, and looking back is looking at the work of God with a distracted attention or a divided heart. You know, I'm reminded also of the story of Elijah and Elisha. When you see Elijah put his mantle on Elisha to follow him and to be his successor, Elisha asked to go back and tell his family goodbye. There are a number of ways that these two stories kind of reflect the same aspect. What happens with Elisha, though, is that he actually offers a sacrifice of his oxen and says goodbye to ultimately follow Elijah. I see that as putting an end to the distraction and earthly pull and to focus in on the mission at hand and to get to know God better. Now, after covering these three, which one hits home with you and your walk with God? Taking your steps in discipleship, are you like number one? Are you prompt? Are you quick to act? Are you saying, God, I'm in fully and wholeheartedly? Number two, 
Are you postponing? Are you saying, okay, I'm in fully with you, God, but I need a little more time? Or are you thirdly pausing? Are you saying, oh, this sounds good, but I like my life and what I'm doing right now. I'm going to continue down this path uh, with God in my rearview mirror. So just be honest with yourself and with God. He already knows the answer. See, I was one of the second one for a long time about starting this church. I was saying, okay, God, you're calling me, but I'm not ready for this now. Let's just do this another time. God was pretty persistent in pushing and ordering our steps. It was once I was being obedient to where he was leading when all the pieces just came together. You see, I was looking at the cost of what he was calling me towards and not the heart of what he was calling me for and to. So speaking of costs, let's take a look at some of the costs. Let's go into Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 34. All right, Luke chapter 14, starting at verse 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Verse 28, suppose one of you wants to build a tower, will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays a foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, the fellow, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able to with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming with 20,000? Verse 32. If he is not able, he will send a delegation, while the other is still a long way off, and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Verse 34. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So discipleship means giving one's first loyalty. There is no place in Jesus' teaching for literal hatred. He commanded his followers to love even their enemies. So it's impossible to hold that. He is just telling them to literally hate others. But hating can also mean something like loving less. Jesus' meaning is surely that the love the disciple has for him must be so great that the best of the earthly love is hatred by comparison. Let that sink in. So our devotion to Christ cannot be less than wholehearted. The lesson is plain. Jesus does not want followers who just rush into it, who just rush into discipleship without thinking of what is involved. And he is clear about the price, right? He lays it out. Jesus condemns all the half-heartedness that is out there. Jesus is not, of course, discouraging discipleship. You know, he wants us to count the cost and just reckon all is lost for his sake so that we can grow closer to him. He's also just not pushing us away. 
Maybe you are in the postponing or pausing stage on discipleship right now. He does not love you less. He wants you more, but he knows that he can't pull your divided heart to him. He wants you, but he can't pull you. So just last week, we were talking about salt, and we see how Jesus adds a little to this parable, in this parable, about salt. I came across these, and I just wanted to tell you where you could find other references of salt and discipleship together in the New Testament. And it's just going to connect discipleship and salt. So the first one is that Jesus calls his disciples to be the salt of the earth. And that's perhaps referring to salt's preserving or flavoring properties. That's in Matthew 5, 13. Secondly, you can see where Jesus calls his disciples to have salt within themselves and to live at peace, perhaps referring to God's word and the effect it was to have on their lives. That's in Mark 9, 50. And lastly, you can read about how Paul, how he just coaches the Colossians to season their speech with salt in Colossians 4, 6. As Christ followers, life is summed up in the phrase, complete obedience. In fact, Jesus defined true Christians as those who prove their love for him by obeying his teaching in John chapter 14. When it comes to obeying God, our only response is, I will or I won't. It's tempting to say, I will, but as some of Jesus' would-be disciples did. But that's a roundabout way of saying no, right? I will but means no. So followers pursue the Lord because they know that the reward is a deeper, more passionate relationship with Jesus. They're not just waiting to spend eternity with God in heaven. Eternity begins now as we just accompany Jesus on the righteous path that he has set before us. You see in Matthew 22:14 it says, "For many are called, but few are chosen." The call has gone out and it's still going out to everyone. Whatever your background, you're being called to Christ, away from sin and called to him. Some take the call seriously. And they're the ones who will take time to hear from God. They're the ones who will actually do something. Some will allow following Jesus Christ to shape their entire lives. You see, Jesus made it clear that being called as one of his disciples has a price. He said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and pick up his cross every day and follow me. That's in Luke chapter 9. To the original disciples, crosses represented torture, physical abuse, and death. Jesus' reference to take up the cross must have sent waves of fear through them. So the question just remains for all of us. Are you a believer in Christ or are you a follower? Remember, being called to Christ means being called away from sin. Realize you have sinned. Yes, we have all sinned, and we all do sin. 
we need to repent and place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Then we just need to study God's Word and, and be obedient to it. And from there, we just need to listen for God's direction and His Word and then do it. You can expect exciting days ahead as you live in your calling to be His disciple. So let's pray. Father, as we're taking these steps to come closer to You, as we're hearing of these costs that You have so clearly laid out, the cost of following You and to trusting You and to living for You, Father, we know that the price is great and ultimately it's free to us because You've given it to us freely. And You aren't calling us to leave everything but just to be more devoted to You, to, to focus in on You, to love You more, to follow You, to trust You, to see You, to hear Your words, to be obedient and follow, and not to be having two feet in both worlds of this world and the kingdom, but to be Your kingdom here on this world, to show everyone the righteous way, the right way, to order our steps to follow You, and to love you and to show others and point others to you. God, you've called us to do it. So help us to continue to do that. Help us to continue to seek you and trust you and to love you more. And Father, may you just be in the midst of all that we're doing. Now, there may be someone of you on here now that you don't have a relationship with Christ. You don't know who he is. And um, you're on this journey and you're taking these steps. Maybe you've said the words that uh, you believe, um, but haven't lived it out. And maybe it's time for you just to go ahead and recommit your life. Now, for those of you that don't know Jesus and would like to start on this journey, and, and these words have incited you and excited you, they prompted you to take your next steps, the very first one is to give your life to Christ. And He's going to make everything clear after that. Not going to be easy, not going to be crystal clear, but He's going to help you take those steps. So will you, if you are feeling prompted, if you have not given your life to Christ, will you just repeat after me? And these words that we're going to say, the words that we're going to pray to God, is just words from our hearts. And we may not know everything that's going on right now and what it looks like, but if you trust, you follow, and be obedient, God's going to reveal many things to you. So will you pray with me? Father, thank you for this time, for your love, for your joy. God, please forgive me. Help me to know you better, help me to know you more. So God, I don't know everything, but I know that I, I need you to fill this void that I have. We're all created to worship you. So God, I'm going to say that I believe you died and you rose again. And I want to call you my Lord and my Savior today. And while I don't know all the aspects and what it looks like from going forward, Father, I'm going to trust you. So help me to forgive and forget and to cherish my relationship with you and to grow closer to you. So God, just be with me and watch over me. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, Father, for every person that just prayed that prayer, I ask that you will, will be with them, that you'll lead them, that you'll guide them, that you'll carry them and put someone in their path to help them on their journey to come closer to you. 
for every person that is uh, in the process of just recommitting their lives to you, God, may you help them to take those next steps. May you help us all to open up your word. And uh, God, may you just speak to us and reveal what it is you want us to see and hear in your word, day in and day out. And Father, I want to lift up to you this entire country, where we are, where we're broken, where we're hurting, uh, where there's division, uh, where there's justice that needs to be made. God, you are the ultimate justice dealer. You are the ultimate love of our lives. And Father, we ask that you help us all to humble ourselves before you, to call upon your name. And Father, that you will reign victorious in the midst of this, that your peace will supersede all that's around, and that you will continue to lead us in the steps to follow you in this country. So we lift up our leaders, our first responders, every single person here in this beautiful state of Indiana, the country, the United States of America, and even across the world. God, I lift up to you every single person that's hurting, that's broken, uh, that's going through something that um, we may all be pointed back to you, that we'll find healing and hope and help through you. So Father, thank you so much for this time today. Thank you for every person that's here. Father, may you continue to watch over us and guide us throughout this week and the days ahead. And we'll just give you all the praise at the end of it. So Father, thank you. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for all those that just made that decision. If you made any type of decision, fill out that connection card. Let us know. Let me know. Send me a direct message. Send the church a direct message. Something. Just let us know that you made a decision. We want to help you and we want to cheer you along. Cheer along with you and celebrate the decision that you made and be a resource and be a help for you as you're taking these next steps. So let us know that you made those decisions. If you recommitted your life, if you just gave your life to Christ, we would love to celebrate with you. Before we finish out here, we've got a few things that I want to tell you about. Um, uh, but the first one is, church, it's time for the offering. Thank you for giving back a portion of what God has given to you. And it is an act of worship, and that's the way that it should be viewed. We should be celebrating all that He's given us and just give a portion back uh, to further His kingdom. So you can click on the link and see the secure ways that you can give. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for... Um, just helping to fuel this ministry as we're taking our next steps here into the fall. And uh, we'll continue to bless and reach out to others in our community and around the world. And um, the funds will just be a conduit to others to help feed the hungry, to help spread the gospel. And that's our goal, is to spread the gospel and have more people to know Jesus. So thank you for being here. You can read through the other announcements down below. Uh, in the sermon guide, so make sure you download that and look at it so you can see the announcements that are coming. Watch on social media. We're going to have some other things that will be announced in the next couple of weeks. Um, we also have um, small groups that will be starting up this fall, and so we would love for you to be a part of that. Fill out the connection card to let us know you'd be interested in it, um, and if there's anything specifically that you'd be interested in, or if you want to host or lead one, just write down in the comments section on the connection card. Let us know. Uh, we'd love to partner with you in that aspect. And so thanks for being here, guys. I'm going to stop talking now. Uh, so great to have you. And I want to wish you the best day and the best week ahead. We'll see you next Sunday. And I love you guys so much. Have a blessed day.